Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. We are back with Harvey Kubernick, author of many books, including Turn Up the Radio, Canyon of Dreams, Docs That Rock, Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child, and a number of others. He is an expert on the music world and is back with us on Coast to Coast. Hey, Harvey, how you been? Doing great. Just always delighted to be invited to your program and I, I know your listeners occasionally like to take a a little departure from uh, area 51 to harvey 51 exactly and we're going to do that you're still out there on the west coast i sure am i'm uh, in st louis but had i been back in los angeles we would have had you physically in the studio well you know i sort of uh, i spent a lot of time uh, going by your studio and Sherman Oaks, California. We'll do it in the future. We will do that indeed. How did you get so involved in music, Harvey? You know, it's a question I'm I'm asked a lot. Uh, part of it is um, geographically. You know, I'm I'm a native of Los Angeles. I'm born in I'm born literally in East Hollywood on the corner of like Sunset and Alvarado, overlooking the Hollywood 101 freeway at the Queen of Angels Hospital. And I'm, I'm, I start the journey there. And at the time, Los Angeles, and I don't think people really realize that, although I certainly detail it in my book, Turn Up the Radio, you know, there were many R&B radio stations in L.A. in the 50s, way into the 60s. Sure. There were jazz radio stations um, there was so much music. It was a thriving, vibrant community. You know, sorry, folks, it all wasn't New York City and Chicago. And it, you're just inundated with, uh, even before the transistor radio arrived, it's just blaring in front of you. And and then, you know, with my parents and my, my brother Kenneth, I... I end up, you know, um, leaving like downtown Los Angeles and Coliseum Street Elementary School and 
Crenshaw Village and Merck Park, and I end up in Culver City, right near MGM Studios, and somehow end up in West Hollywood going to high school all through the late 60s. So it's so in front of me, and, you know, maybe I've become this messenger, and I mirror it out to other people as well. It's just been part of my DNA. Good for you. Did you ever know our old friend who's passed away, R. Gary Patterson? No. I, I know we have a mutual friend in the late Russ Regan, but I didn't know the other guy. Yeah, he was good. He was. He did a great job. He reminded me of you and just so excitable about the music scene and the world and stuff like that. Well, it's been my salvation, you know. You know, we turn to music, you know, in, in happiness and in, in, in decision-making situations, just following... Uh, you know, uh, the Beach Boys, God only knows, you know, I've been privileged to know Brian Wilson for half a century. He must have done 12 interviews with him. And and I even, I, I mean, I've been fortunate. I was able to say, Brian, what is it about God only knows? Uh, what is it? Why does it still impact 57 years after you did it? And he he'd say something like, when I first did it, I was wondering... Would radio ever play a song that had God in the title? <laughs> and and then here I am being greeted or following the declaration as you're using it as interstitial music. But think about him, you know, having concerns almost two-thirds of a century ago about a song title, as well as concerns about would the record label actually let the word God be you know, in the package, artwork, and everything. We, we've come a long way, I think. Yeah, we sure have. Well, let's have some fun talking about music. We'll take calls next hour as well, Harvey. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a product of Detroit. I'm a Motown guy. I've seen it all in Motown, and uh, they continue to do a great job. Barry Gordy still kicking. Oh, uh, I was just at a Motown event a week ago when they honored uh, Marvin Gaye in the 53rd anniversary of his um, album, Let's Get It On. Oh, and that's and uh, Smokey Robinson was on the panel at the Grammy Museum in L.A., and I spent some time with Smokey. I was just filmed for a, a documentary with Smokey, but I spent some time with him, and it became even more clear to me what the city of Detroit gave to all of us. Sure, we know about General Motors, and sure, I mean, people like you, you know, about the Detroit Tigers or Al Kaliner, or you know what I'm... Sure, absolutely. all that world. But, but the music scene, look out. Well, even Smokey said on the panel about Detroit, and especially Motown, it could never happen again. And sure, it's a brand now, and Barry Gordy, uh, who's 92 or 93, he's still involved. It's It's still... He's still involved emotionally and fiscally, but the music still continues, whether it be TV shows or soundtracks. And I mean, for somebody like you who was there with Casey Kasem or hearing it, uh, like what the DJ's name was like Robin Seymour back there, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you were ground floor watching something that's really informed the world and brought us all closer together. And and the music, it just even in streaming platforms, or even you know when you hear it, even in elevators or something, every time you hear a Motown recording, you discover something different about it. And it was our friend Russ Regan who worked for Motown and Joe Bat and and, and it was involved with 
you know, bringing Motown to the West Coast. He was a promo man and worked with Barry Gordy, 60 to 63. He introduced the world to, like, Please Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes. Russ said he learned one thing from Barry. You can always smell the opening of a Motown record by the hooks you you get brought into. (laughs) It still connects. It really does. We had Smokey Robinson on the show, the Coast to Coast program, several months ago, Harvey, and he was just wonderful. Well, what was that like for you? That's oh, that was uh, that was amazing. That's your soul brother. I try not to get so excitable like a kid, but deep down inside. It's there. I mean, I, I mean, listen. I've done interviews with him. I just did a, a, a documentary I filmed with him. I, I've seen him in markets. I, 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 and I said, "Smoke, I need about thirty seconds with you. I've got to ask you a question." He said, "No. What do you need, man? What do you need?" And I just said, "That song, Tears of a Clown." Yep. And I just said, when I heard that, when I was, I don't know, seventeen or eighteen. I never heard somebody reference and use the term Pagliacci in the song lyric, uh, you know, clown. And he and he just laughed and he said, well, why didn't you get a thesaurus and look it up? <laughs> yeah. ah, he was classic. He's he really beautiful. And he's touring now. He's playing. He, he had COVID a while ago, but he's rebooked a bunch of dates and he's working into next year. And he's featured in a wonderful documentary that's currently... Um, broadcast on Showtime TV called Hitsville, The Making of Motown. And it's just so fantastic to hear him discuss songs and songwritings. And, uh, I mean, I know, uh, you know, Barry always said Smokey is the guy because Barry started as a songwriter. But Smokey, the wisdom of the songs, the direction you take from the lyrics, and he had a lot of co-writers and people who worked with him, but I mean, you you were there ground floor hearing shop around and hearing these these seminal audio sonic gems that changed the world, but you in Detroit, who, you know, sings and, and understands music, I, it must be amazing for you as you see how Motown expanded globally, because to somebody like you, it's something on what WKLCW or whatever that that station was over there. Look how it spread. WKNR. Yes. Bob Green was the one who played the Beatles' first song. Right, and uh, was Georgie Woods a disc jockey over there? I think he was more Philadelphia, but what a network of disc jockeys that ushered the music to us. Oh my God, absolutely. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. 
drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a couple of great artists who listen to Coast as often as they can. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top and John Fogarty, and well, uh, great guys. Yeah, and they're very roots, you know, driven, uh, you know, artists and performers, and they, they, their lives began, you know, on the AM radio dial as, as kids and as fans, and look, uh, look how they were ushered into the world, too. Absolutely. Let's talk about some artists that are not with us right now. Johnny Cash, what's happening there? Well, it's September 3rd marked the 20th anniversary of Johnny Cash's physical passing. It's been 20 years. That you long know, already? Have, yeah, wow. yeah. I have a bond with Johnny partially because we share a February 26th, you know, day at date of birth. And maybe I saw him in June 25, 30 times over, you know, 40 or 50 years. But Johnny Cash, there's a, a book coming out in November, uh, A Life in Lyrics, and starting very soon and going into next year, there's a very there's a an estate authorized um, touring exhibition of Johnny Cash, like the Johnny Cash Concert Experience, which uh, his son John Carter Cash is very involved in. That's touring all over the United States, where. Uh, you hear Johnny's music. There are excerpts from his television program. And so um, it's not an oldies but goodies kind of show. It's more of a, a, an event and a tribute and a, and a salute to Johnny. But he's actually 
involved as far as you know products and recordings and and videotapes so so johnny Johnny continues the records keep going his impact is still there and uh you know it, it's to me he was always like a voice of america it it still resonates to me i I will always remember when he was at Folsom prison what an I event have, I have three different configurations of the life from Folsom prison um album and you you know you start seeing people like johnny cash you know initially they're on tv or you see them touring and then there's documentaries or in the case of johnny cash there's you know walk the line theatrical movies just like elvis all of a sudden there's biopics on elvis you know you're seeing the growth of this southern music much like detroit that reached global ears well that is so true it is so true and i'll always remember johnny cash coming out going Hello, everybody. I'm Johnny Cash. That's how it all started. What a talent! I mean, what beautiful. What what caught him on? Because initially, when you first hear him, you know he's kind of laid back. He's he's not like an Elvis, but he caught on. What what sparked his career? You know, he he had such drive and determination to get his music out there, um, and I and he was also guided by maybe some of the right people initially, Sam Phillips at Sun Records, and then ending up at Columbia Records and working with uh, the producer Don Law. And he, you know, what what I always find interesting about Johnny Cash, and I, I've written a lot about him, there's a big article I've just posted on him on uh, cavehollywood.com. I don't think people realize from like uh, late 1959 or 60 to 1966, Johnny Cash was based in Southern California, kind of living in the Ventura area, even had an office on Hollywood Boulevard. You don't really realize he did six years in Southern California. It wasn't always, you know, Memphis or Nashville. And so he, he was in, he, again, he's coming in the heart of Hollywood or making records when he's living out here. And he was always like fighting for the underdog and having concerns about Native American rights. I mean, he's just part of the fabric of of our world. That is truly remarkable. I I do the first Sunday of every month on Coast to Coast, Harvey, and I end the program with Disturbed with uh, David the Diamond, the uh, singer, yes, of singing uh, Sounds of Silence, and that is so haunting. It gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. And when we hear Johnny Cash, you know, it might be I Walk the Line or it might be A Boy Named Sue or some of the other things. You actually stop for a minute when you are confronted hearing the voice because there's this like, he's sort of like this guide. I, I don't know. I guess for me, you know, when I'm six, seven or eight and, and Johnny Cash is in the newspaper and I and I realize, you know, they used to list people's date of birth or where they lived, or sometimes their street addresses in the old newspapers. And when I realized that he had the same birthday as as me, and oh, cool. Fats Domino, uh, you know, I said, "Wow, you know, who who's Fats Domino?" I got to invest in Johnny Cash. We we're we're like February people. I even said that to Smokey Robinson. He said, hey, man, I said, both born in February, and he'd go 19th, and I'll go 26th. I know it's sort of a comical bond we have, but it, it, it brings people together. And so, Johnny, this 20 years, 
since he left us, it, it kind of shows you how quick life goes as well. Absolutely. It, it's truly remarkable. One of my favorite Johnny Cash songs is It Ain't Me, Babe. That's one of his classics. Well, he did that at the, the Newport Folk Festival. It was a, a cover of a Bob Dylan song. He's singing that with, with June, right? Yes. And uh, I kind of saw him do it the Troubadour one time in West Hollywood and he brought a lot of people's songs forward. You know, he, he kind of exposed people like Chris Christopherson and popularized Bob Dylan. Plus, he was a very early supporter of Bob Dylan at Columbia Records when Bob Dylan was first on the label and his debut album didn't do very well. And Johnny really lobbied for the executives and the promotional people to really stick with this guy. And when uh, Cash had his... Um, you know, Johnny Cash TV show on ABC between 69 and 71. Bob Dylan was the first guest on his TV series. And, and that stuff's all available like on a double DVD. I encourage people to check out that the Johnny Cash show DVD. It's just wonderful to see the kind of people that, that Johnny put on the show from the monkeys to Ray Charles. I mean, just think about him and Buffy St. Marie. I mean, just giving forum to these kind of people. This is in 1969 and you're, this is a pre cable TV world. There's only three like networks happening. That's right. Johnny brought people to our attention. You're going to get a kick out of this. I met a couple months ago, Paul Anka. Well, where do you want to start from Diana on down? I mean, plus my way. He wrote that for Frank Sinatra. He sure did. Just classic. He, he is beyond a survivor. I, I think he's also overlooked in history. I, I've had some conversations years ago with him because people forget what a businessman he has been, whether it be artist management or or starting as a teenager from Canada. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, and I also think maybe, I mean, I wasn't present, but when you're coming from Canada and, and, and you're, you're Lebanese, what, was he Lebanese, I think? Yes, well, he I, sure was. I, I mean, I'm not going to say there were inherent, uh, you know, uh, odds against him, but it, he comes to, like, Culver City or his first record label as a teenager, and he ends up being the songwriter. He's not. He's a teen idol initially with these wonderful put-your-head-on-my-shoulder, and then he becomes this Vegas icon, and he's still out there touring, and, and you realize, you know what? The guy has had a 65-year-old career. You know, when he started in the 50s, people always sort of looked at rock and roll and said, oh, it's a two- or three-year career, maybe. Go back to college, get a day job. And look at him two-thirds of a century later, just just out there and doing it. And he has a very devoted fan base. Oh, absolutely. And he's a class guy and a nice guy, too, Harvey. Yes. When we come back after the break, let's talk a little bit about Wayne Newton. And how old is Mick Jagger? Eighty. Eighty years old, and he's still singing. They, 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 they're coming out with a new album in another month or two, aren't they? In late October, and today they issued um, a single from this this album. Um, rock and roll isn't just for kids anymore. There are grandfathers on stage performing. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the Mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. 
That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far... I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.